reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Stafford buys time. Protection is good. And so is the pass. Henderson came out of the backfield. Jefferson in motion. Henderson, nice cutback. Stafford rolling and throwing. Caught, caught, touchdown. Stafford caught on the run. Caught, who else? Out of the slot to the right, looks that way, fires that way, but makes the grab at about the 18 yard line. Pass, cut, got it, touchdown. Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now. Running down to celebrate with a defensive play. Guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. Hello, everyone, to another episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. I am your host. Uh, Ashton Spencer with my other co-host, Zach Mayer. Uh, we are 50 days till week one, Zach. How are you feeling? I'm getting excited. Um, I've been, oh man, I've been watching all the Rams uh, behind the scenes, behind the grind uh, episodes. I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for training camp. I'm ready for preseason. Even though I don't typically care for preseason, I'm really excited just to get back into the the football mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, let's get back into football mode. Let's start getting prepped for the preseason. I, uh, Zach, I we haven't really talked a lot about this. Are you a big preseason watcher? I know you go to some of the games, but I know some people are like, I just ignore the preseason. It's complete garbage. Other people are more religious. Um, some people just like to watch players. I am more of, I love like scouting some of the players, especially newer ones, kind of seeing how they perform in certain situations. Uh, where, where do you fit with the preseason? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't put too much stock into them. Um, you know, we've for over the last number of years, the Rams don't play their starters. Um, you may see, you know, um, a couple couple reps in in the the first quarter of the first game, but you you very rarely ever see a star on the field during preseason. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that that it's not important. It you know for fans, it's good to come to the game. It's good to get the energy hyped. You, you know, you're it's not just a preseason um, you know for the the NFL players themselves, but it's for the fan base too. It's getting them back into that mode. Um, and it also helps, you know, the, the cheapers are usually a lot less expensive. So it gets in fans who may not be able to afford the regular season games. Um, but really what this does is it really, especially in the Rams organization is it helps prepare, you know, the, the draft class, um, it helps prepare, um, those who may be on the practice squad or, um, those are who are trying to find their way, um, onto an NFL team, whether it's with the Rams or not. And, you know, it, it really shows us what our depth can look like and, you know, what key players can we pull in if 
um, you know, something unfortunate happens to one of the starters or we need to shift things around or things aren't working. Um, so, you know, I don't put much stock into the conclusion of the game. If the Rams lose all three preseason games, you know, I'm not going to sweat it. I don't think that's that it's, it is what it is, but, um, it's nothing to be concerned about as a, as a fan of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely helps kind of decide some, uh, you could say position battles, especially lower in the depth chart, some, uh, secondary backup position battles. So uh, let's get into our programming. Uh, We'll go over a few uh, just minor topics, and then we'll try to dig in a little bit later in the podcast into our weekly schedule breakdown. Uh, We're doing weeks five through nine uh, or five through eight. Uh, It it should be a very important stretch of the uh, season. Uh, very weird. We keep on uh, playing NFC West opponents pretty early in the season, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But let's get into the FCs. Zach, um, it's going live right now as we are recording, but uh, we'll just go ahead and break down. I mean, no shocker here. Cup gets best championship performance. Uh, let's say it was pretty clutch. Um, I will admit, I think OBJ would have probably ended up being the person who got a lot of these accolades, especially for that game, because uh, he started on a really good trajectory in the first quarter, or well, first and second quarter. Uh, but Zach, what, what's your reaction to that and uh, OBJ peering wet cup on the red carpet? Yeah, I mean that's that's always a good sign, you know. Uh, you know, we've talked on this podcast before, um, OBJ, and you know he's not signed back with the Rams. He's not signed with any team right now. Um, but there is no ill will between the between the two parties, and you know this just shows it again. Where um, you know OBJ appearing on the red carpet with Cup during the FCs, it's 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 great. Um, as far as the the championship performance goes, um, it's a key. I mean, it's a, it's another check off that box that you know Cooper Cup has done everything. Um, and, you know, becoming the Triple Crown winner, uh, Super Bowl MVP, now getting the best uh, championship performance on an Epsi. Um, and then he was also given the best NFL player on an Epsi as well. So, you know, this guy keeps stacking, um, you know, one thing after another. And, you know, there's there's not a whole lot left, you know, other than, you know, continuing to win and continuing to be the best player he can possibly be. Um, 2021 was definitely the year of the cup. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he can always win MVP, so uh, there's definitely room to improve, and he said he wants to be a better player next year than he was last year, and uh, I think he's fully capable of it, especially with a really, really uh, different offensive weapon that Robinson brings. Uh, it's going to be a different dynamic than the offense last year, especially early on. Um, so let's kind of dive into uh i don't know how much you're a fan of madden uh but if people listen to this podcast long enough you'll hear me rant about madden i think madden as a game has gone downhill uh don't want to get too sidetracked here uh madden uh rankings we're not taking them too seriously guys so don't message us and don't get offended if our opinion doesn't match with yours um generally uh what's your 
a reaction to these ratings, especially uh, I think the big one for me, Zach, is Cup at a 98 and not a 99. I think it's... I get the argument that people have tried to say where, like, it's only one good season. Every other season has been decent. If he was someone who was just, like, a Zach Taylor, or not, sorry, not Zach Taylor, uh, like, the running back for the Colts, Taylor, like, he had a really good season. It wasn't on the level of Cooper Cup compared to his peers in the wide receiving category. He had statistically a top two wide receiver season of all time. If that's not deserving of a 99 the year after, then almost no one is. I think it's a little ridiculous that he doesn't get 99. You already have a man 98. I felt like they just didn't want to have a other 99, and that's why they have a man 98. I know it's a minor gripe. It's one point. I just think it's stupid. I mean, again, it goes back to the accolades that he's won this year. Super Bowl MVP, Triple Crown winner. I mean, if you're the Triple Crown winner and you don't get ranked 99, I mean, that seems kind of silly. I mean, yes, Devontae Adams, he's a great – he's a he's an amazing wide receiver and he should be in that, that tier of the 99s, but he wasn't the Triple Crown winner. His team didn't make it to the Super Bowl, didn't win a Super Bowl. So, like – there's all these things that back cup up and you go and you kind of look at some of the rating scales that they gave him, And, you know, they gave, um, and probably what knocked him down from his 99 to a 98 is, you know, strength. Um, apparently based on, um, you know, the three current, the other two current, uh, wide receivers on the Rams team, he was the less, the least strong of the bunch, but you, I don't know if do they watch these games? Do they not see what these wide receivers do? I mean, what Cup does if he's not getting the ball, he is he is blocking for the person who is getting the ball. So you know, yes, it's a gripe. It's you know, ninety eight. It's a it's a it's an amazing feat of itself. But again, when you bring everything that Cup has done this season and to just dink him by that one point, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I just don't see the argument for just not making him a 99 and Adams over cup I just it and the thing that irritates me the most about this is people are like well you can't just be reflexive to one season that's most Madden ratings are very reflexive to the season beforehand. It's not consistent with typically how they rate players. Mm -hmm. They almost always do that. They overcompensate for the year beforehand. And it's not like Cup just had a good or a great year. He had a unreal year, a top two season of all time wide receiver year. So that's, uh, that's where we're coming from. Other players' ratings, uh, we have Bobby Wagner coming in at 91. Uh, Robinson was 82. Akers, 83. Henderson, 79. And Aaron Donald is going to be 99. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's the one player in the Rams that they just, by default, unless he would have to have a pretty big off year for them not to give him a 99. And that that would be pretty stupid because he is pr- he's been great every year uh, in the Rams. 
Yeah, for sure. And yeah, those those numbers for the corner line, the cornerbacks and the D line uh, come out uh, on July twenty first. Uh, we're recording on the twentieth, uh, and then quarterbacks will also be released on the twenty second. So it'll be really interesting um, to see a where they put Jalen Ramsey, especially. You know, we'll we'll kind of dive in into some of the controversy that um, he's kind of been put into, not that he's actually caused. Um, and then um, where where Stafford lands on this list. Um, do you have any, do you have any, you know, any insight on what you think that Stafford should get based so, on his performance this year? I will say on the four players I just mentioned outside of cup, I agree with their rankings or their like point totals. I think that's roughly where they should be on a 100 point scale. I think Robinson, um, he, he had an off year. Uh, before last year, I would have put him at like a 90 after last year. I think 82 uh, is maybe 83, 84, depending on how you do his catching. I think uh, they maybe have him rated a little bit too low for that. But, but really, Aker is 83. I think that's a solid rating uh, for him. Anderson, I think 79 may be a little bit too high for Henderson personally. Uh, I would have to look at his kind of breakdown. Uh, as with Stafford, I think Stafford should be rated a 91. I That's where I would put him. I think 91 would be a, a fair rating for him mm-hmm. with like a 98 throw power. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. I was, you know, I'm leaving at, if, if I'm thinking the lowest that they would rate him, I'm thinking maybe 88. Um, and then I was going as high as 92. Um, he, he had a, he had a, a a tremendous year. I mean, November was kind of not so great. Um, but as a whole, I think, I mean, just what he did, you know, coming from a, you know, coming from the lions and then coming onto the Rams, like in becoming a super bowl champion and, you know, going through, you know, so much turmoil, um, and not, well, not turmoil, but going through a lot of change. Um, it is hard on a player. It's hard on a quarterback who has to come in and lead a whole new team that, you know, he's spent five, you know, five minutes on. So um, I definitely think he's going to fit somewhere into the 88 to 92 range, but we will see what happens on Friday. Mm. Yeah. I think Ramsey will end up probably being a 96 or 97. That's, that's where I feel like they're going to end up putting him. Yeah, I hope so. All right, uh, we'll kind of wait and react next podcast to the other rankings as they drop or when they drop. So let's kind of go into other, uh, some minor news. Uh, Bobby Brown is suspended for six games for taking uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Zach, um, both me and you don't know what it's like to be in the NFL, uh, as shocking as that is to our uh, listeners. Uh, I know it is something to very hard to get to. It's a high bar, and players feel like they have to maintain such elite status, and they do. Uh, but taking drugs is not a great solution and it is always gonna burn you. I know it. A lot of players took it like a decade ago, a few decades ago, and it was. You can say it's unfair, but now, like, he shouldn't have done it. He got suspended for six games, and I think this is a bad sign for the trajectory of his career. I know other players have been suspended for this and came back. 
uh, but typically it's not a great sign. Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, you know, especially with a team like the Rams who, you know, leave controversy um, kind of at the door. Um, this was kind of one of those like, you know, just just kind of disappointed, um, especially when, you know, I thought he was going to become a you know more prominent player. And I think this 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 year and I think this kind of sidesteps him to come back, you know, be pushed back a little bit more. So um, it will definitely be interesting to see what what the Rams do with him uh, post the suspension. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. And you know, when you, when you take that risk, you're going to have to pay the consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams will begin their Super Bowl rings tomorrow. Uh, Zach, this is, seems like it'll be cool. Uh, their ring design will probably be pretty neat. I will not buy one, uh, because <laughs> I do not have that kind of money. So, hey, <laughs> you know, I look on Etsy and Etsy has knockoff ones. And, you know, I would buy a knockoff one if they weren't super expensive. You know, if it was, I mean, I don't care if it's real or fake. I just, if it's cool looking, it's cool looking. Yeah, 40 bucks, put it in the trophy case, you know. Yep. I think that, I think that's fine with me. Um, so, uh, back when, um, the, when Indianapolis had its combine, um, they did have a, uh, they had all of the rings from all of the Super Bowls. And you go in there and look at them. Um, number one, Tampa Bay has way or Tampa Bay, uh, the Patriots have way too many and they're, they're huge. Um, you know, you don't really realize how big these things are, um, until, you know, you see them and they have the biggest ones. Um, but I will say the Rams, um, the, the first Rams Super Bowl ring is, I, I don't like it. I, it's, it's boring. It's plain. And I, I, I don't know. So I'm really hoping that we get, you know, some cool footage of it tomorrow and that um, um, that it looks pretty sweet. I mean, I think the the team as a whole, I think a lot of input came from the players, which, you know, I think they all have great taste. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the look and the, the detail of it is going to be. Mm-hmm. And Ramsey, a story comes out where Ramsey is apparently getting, you can say, disrespected or like, being kind of lowered a little bit, saying he's not elite by AFC executive. It was anonymous, of course. Uh, I mean, I don't really put any stock into stories like this, personally, Zach. I mean, we we are the ones who will have most, most of the time the best opinions about players on our team because we watch them the most, right? We understand the situations where he's good, where he's bad, where he doesn't do as well. We know the games that he did great in and the games where he wasn't so hot. And we understand like what is good for him, what is bad for him. Way more than some of the executives, which will only watch him one or two games, and that's all they base their opinion on. Um, if you're a Bengals executive and you watched him in the Super Bowl, you're going to think he's not as good as he's built up to. And we all know he had an injury uh, with that outside of the like kind of excuse bubble. Even with the injury, he played bad in the Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean he's a bad player. And if these executives can't take his total work into kind of like comparison, then like I don't care about their opinion. 
Yeah, it was just it was kind of frustrating. I mean, it was I mean, it was all about like, you know, identifying who is the best corner of the league. That's kind of what the polling was going around. And this one exec, you know, had to had to go off. And, you know, I, you know, when you look outside, you know, people are like, oh, man, you know, during the you know, the Bucks game when um, Evans caught the ball um, and, you know, you know, Ramsey fell and whatever, whatever. And you see that and yeah, it's like, yeah, he missed that one. But how many times does he actually miss? Um, or he's not right there. You know, it's not very often. And it's, you know, maybe one a game, one a game. And you're like, most corners get, you know, burnt out, you know, at least multiple times a game. If it's one game, every five games that Ramsey gets burnt out, that's still pretty good. That's still pretty good. Especially when he's always the one covering the number one receiver. Um, so, you know, the quarterbacks are afraid to throw to him, which, you know, I wouldn't, I, I'm not surprised. Um, he just, he has that wingspan. He has that agility. He has that way, that presence about him that kind of, is, you know, makes people kind of ca- be a little bit more cautious around him. And that's, that's what you need. Um, and, you know, again, it's one of those things where, yeah, the Rams are the Super Bowl champions. They're going to be a little bit disrespected outside of Aaron Donald. Cause I don't think anyone could ever disrespect that person, but, um, but I feel like the Rams are going to be attacked from all different angles, especially because they're Super Bowl champions. They're going to be the defenders. They're the ones who are going to be coming in and, um, you know, defending their crown and defending their ring. And, uh, they're going to get these little pokes and, and, and this and that, but, you know, it, it was something that, you know, saying that he's on his decline is, I think, a little bit um, a, a little bit too harsh on him. I mean, especially since, you know, coming out that um, he had to have shoulder surgery. Um, and then the other one is just kind of in rehab. Uh, they didn't do shoulder. They didn't do surgery on that shoulder. So um, really, it's it's just putting all those pieces together. Um, I, it, it's again, it's a one line comment from one exec from a, from the other conference even. So, um, you know, I'm not putting too much stock in it. My faith is still in Ramsey. I still think he's going to be, he's still the best corner in the league. Um, and he has a lot to prove, uh, going into this year. Yeah. I can definitely understand why that Bengals is Zach is a little salty. So, all right, Zach, let's go ahead and start breaking down week five Cowboys at Rams. I will kind of go through some of the key departures, uh, for you, Zach. We have Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Lyle Collins, and Connor Williams leaving the Cowboys. And they end up uh, basically re-signing a few players. They got James Washington, and they got Dante Fowler, a former Ram. Um, So what's kind of your reaction uh, to this Cowboys team? I personally think this is going to be a one of the weaker Cowboys teams in the last two to three years. Um, I do not like their coaching. I think their coach is the reason why they have been out of serious playoff contention with a really good roster the last two years. And um, they just proved it losing to the 49ers last year. Uh, It's just... Not good, not good coaching, and they lose very key contributors, especially on the offense. Yeah, I mean, um, the Cowboys are just always is always this interesting, um, this interesting team. I mean, let's let's kind of break down their statistics from last year. They were twelve and five. You know, they were first in the NFC East division. Um, 
their 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 points that they had, they were actually first in the NFL as part of as far as getting points, 31 points uh per game, 530 points total. Um the points against, um, they were seventh in the league with 358. And and you know, their their record, 12 and 5, that's a that's a really good, uh, a really good record. But then they fall to the the 49ers who had to, you know, squeak in to even to even get into the league. So it's just a weird team. Like I'm not I'm not really sure. You know, I think Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback, but as that's as long as he stays healthy enough uh to complete a season. So I, again, it's it's a very weird season. I agree with you. The coaching is not is not the strongest, I think. I think um really that's kind of gone downhill, just like you said. Um, I was actually surprised. I didn't even realize Amari Cooper uh, departed from that team. So um, I've always liked him as a wide receiver. So uh, yeah, he went to the Browns. He went to the Browns. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they traded him for a third. (laughs) Wow. That's okay. Well, we can see how the, uh, uh, the Cowboys like to play with their players. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. This is going to be a, I think this is just going to be a weird one. Um, I think the Rams do have an edge on this. Um, but I mean, so uh, let's kind of go through their, their season last year. They open against Tampa Bay and lose. Um, they end up beating L the chargers, uh, pretty narrowly, uh, and then they beat Philly, they beat Carolina, they beat the Giants, they beat New England, but in overtime, uh, they beat Minnesota. It's like, honestly, Zach, their schedule last year was super easy, and they wow. lost every hard game outside of uh, the only hard game they arguably had that they won uh, that was a playoff team, I think, was New England. Yeah, they lost to every other playoff team outside of, uh, yeah, outside of the Eagles. Right. The Eagles is the only other playoff team that they beat in in the season. And that's just like, you can't do that. And I think this is a reason why the Cowboys struggle, especially in the last two decades in the playoffs. It is incredibly hard to have a very, very weak division, have six games where you're not being put against quality talent. Mm -hmm. And then when you get a schedule where the rest of it, you don't really face, but like three games where you're facing quality talent, it doesn't matter if you win or lose those games. You're only testing yourself so much against top tier NFL talent. And then when you get into the playoffs, you're going to get hard teams. It's the playoffs. So it kind of doesn't condition your team well for hard, close games, right? And say what you want about last year, about the Rams losing some of the games they lost, but that gave us experience as a whole team in certain situations and being being like behind, having thrown a pick six, having to come back in those situations, not – we weren't facing the Giants twice. We mm-hmm. weren't facing Washington twice. Both of those teams are just complete garbage last year. Um, and I think that's why they struggle. 
against good teams, especially in the playoffs. I mean, for sure. I mean, when you when you go back and look at some of these uh, teams, I mean, I mean, or the divisions. I mean, the NFC East seems like a is the weakest division in this league, in this at least in the NFC, um, if not in the entire NFL. Um, you know, some people could say the AFC South might also be the weakest league, but um, but but yeah, I just it's you're going against the Eagles, the Washington football team and, or well, you know, now the commanders and, uh, the giants. So, um, man, I just, I, I just feel a little weird about this one. Cause you can never, I don't think you can ever really count, you know, Dak, uh, Dak out of things. Um, you know, having Gallup, he's, I think he's a top tier, uh, receiver as well. So, uh, I'll be, I'll be definitely interested to see what this house, but I, I do think that the Rams will edge this one out a little close. I think it'll be closer than, um, I'm comfortable with, but I, I do think that we can, uh, we can squeak this one out. Um, if I were to project, I will say that the Rams do win this one. Um, I would say 24 to 17. Um, I think this is a we the weakest roster the Cowboys have had in four to five years. And I think without some of that top talent, um, that they did have, I think it's going to be harder for the coaching to hold up even as much. And I do think their uh, division got better. I think the Giants got a little bit better. I think the Eagles got significantly better. And I think Washington is kind of like, they most likely got a hair better, but they could have got worse. So I do think they'll end up dropping some to them. I think they will drop it to us. I think we end up having a comfortable win. I think we win 32 to 20. I think this is a game where people expect that, like, for some reason, Cowboys are always a default, like, oh, let's make them a top five NFL team. It doesn't matter, like, realistically who they lost or won. They're just always a favorite. And I think uh, the Rams kind of shock them and uh, get a pretty big win. Great. I'm, I'm, I would definitely look forward to that kind of a win. Um, I just think, I mean, I think the reason because it's, it's uh, it, the Cowboys have always been considered America's, you know, America's team or whatever. Um, you know, they have a huge fan base. Um, Jerry Jones, Patola, uh, is that right? Did I say his name right? Um, you know, he, he, uh, has, uh, you know, he has all, he has all the money and he puts a lot of effort into the NFL and, um, you know, that's, that's kind of why they're always, they're always there. Um, their presence is always known. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I think the Rams will edge this one out. Yeah. They're, they're always there in the last 20 years because their division has been complete trash out the side of the giants having two good years. But you know, if, if we go back and look at kind of the ones that I've kind of projected over the, the only thing that I guess I'm concerned about is, um, in my projection so far, since we've been breaking these down week by week, um, at this point they would be four. zero. um, I think I said that they would win all these other games, uh, prior mm-hmm. to that. So, you know, this is, this is the one game where I could see, you know, if, if the, the Rams are, you know, slowly getting tired, we're not quite at the bye week. Um, uh, you know, this may be one of those games where, um, 
you know, we just we miss a step. It is at it is at um, at SoFi, so that, that that does I think give us a benefit. Um, but also the Cowboys travel well, so uh, that that is doesn't really mean a whole lot. But hopefully, since we're now Super Bowl champions, that the fans will continue to show up and show up in higher numbers than they have in the past. So, looking forward to that. But uh, but yeah, still same Rams uh, going to edge this one out. So they're going to be five well, and zero based on my record. Yeah, I mean it's fine. The stadium's going to be fifty fifty, but I appreciate all the Cowboy fans coming to give LA a lot of money for just to watch their team lose. So uh, uh, let's go on to the Panthers at Rams. Um, a lot of familiar faces you will notice, Zach, uh, in this list. Uh, they end up adding Austin Corbett, uh, Corey Little, Littleton, uh, Johnny Hecker. Uh, they added Baker Mayfield, Xavier Woods, uh and Dante Foreman, and they end up losing Gilmore, Hassan Reddick, Trent Scott, and Jermaine Carter. Uh, and they drafted Matt Coral. So uh, some big names there. Some They did lose Gilmore and Reddick. I think those are two decently big names. I don't think Gilmore was really there long enough to kind of gel with the team. Reddick also... Um, or, well, I think Riddick was there longer. He was pretty good with them. But uh, what's your reaction to this kind of Panthers team? They were 5-12, and 12, bottom of the barrel in the NFC South. Uh, Matt Rule, very disappointing season. I thought they were going to be a lot better than they ended up being. I think I had them, like, getting nine wins last year, and they undershot that pretty badly. Yeah, this is a team that I, I, I feel like has the – has the talent. I mean, uh, having Christian McCaffrey on the team, um, you know, he, but he, we've also seen that he's the one who's been carrying this team, uh, for the last several years. Um, and, and as we know, one player if he can be healthy, if he can be healthy. And, and I think that was the problem. I was think if you put so much personal or so much on one person, I, th- I think that's where, you know, you, you know, you're going to have more prone to injury. It's kind of, to me, it's more like the Tennessee Titans when you're putting all of your baskets into Henry, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be prone to injury and he was injured. Now, you know, when they faced the Rams last year, that was a different story and you know, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to go into that right now, but, um, but going back to this, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you have a Christian McCaffrey who is a high level running back, top five running back in the league. But you were you were, you've also been using him as a receiver, and you've been using him as a quarterback, and you've been using him as this and a, and a blocker and things like that. And um, you're just wearing these guys out. Um, it is interesting that they decided to bring on um, you know quite a few former Rams uh, players, um, you know, especially with Corbett and Hecker, you know, coming off from this season. But um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. I mean. You know, you always you always wonder, like, you know, what secrets are they going to tell to kind of give them more of an edge? But, you know, I, and honestly, I, I, I don't think that they will give get much out of them. Uh, my more interesting thing is who they're going to who they're going to face um, in week six as a quarterback. Is it going to be Sam Darnold or is it going to be Baker Mayfield um, or Matt Coral? or Matt Coral? I I think he's lower down on the totem pole unless both of the if unless Darnold and Mayfield both uh you know flounder in 
in their spots, but especially by week six. Um, well, you you have to remember this uh, offense, Panthers offense is a lot less star studded than the Browns were when Baker was there. So like, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, if it was like that cast holding up Baker, was it Baker holding up that cast? Like, uh, I think this move will kind of show a lot. Now, the problem is that Matt Rule has already said that he is okay rotating these guys to the hot hand. Mm-hmm. And the issue of doing the whole hot hand of the week is you don't get any chemistry with any of the players. Like, QBs need to be able to, like, figure out in a groove, like, what wide receiver they can count on on certain routes, on certain plays, and you don't get that chemistry in game time when you're just swapping out one player every other drive. Uh, It did not work out for the Panthers last year when they had Cam and Darnold, and I don't think it's going to work out for them this year. I mean, you you look at any team. I mean, you got to remember the quarterback is is the leader of that offense. And if you're changing the leader every five minutes because someone else is you know better at that point in time, I mean, that's just it's going to cause disunity. And you know we've seen it from time to time where you know, you I mean you go back and you look at the Bears last year and you go and you um, see when you know Trey Lance got put in for the 49ers for you know a few things like yeah he ha- he may have a hot hand you know once in a while and make a good drive but you know that that consistency just isn't there so um especially when you when you just pass the torch back and forth so it'll be really interesting to see how this game plays out um I think this is a a way easier uh, matchup for the Rams um, than a lot of these other games that we've had so far I mean when we, when we look at the season as a whole the Rams have the hardest um, have, have the hardest schedule by far. Um, and so like, you know, not to put the Panthers down on anything, but I think this will be one of the, this, sh- this should be more one of the, the lock in games. Um, so, uh, I'm definitely going to project 34. Um, oh, man, I'm really going to think it, I think it's going to be 34 to, um, 14. Ooh. I think, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be big. Uh, I will agree with your assessment. I will say 40 to 20. Oh, I, I think the Rams are going to just crush this Panthers team. Um, they, they have a lot of good players. I just don't know if the coaching is there. Uh, if McCaffrey will stay healthy, who the QB will be that if you have that many questions, it's going to be hard to beat a team like the Rams where they are typically early on in the season starting to hit our stride. We will probably lose a game or two in the first eight weeks. Yes, but typically it's to really good teams that are more like very hot in the beginning versus like weaker teams. Normally we, we hit our slump in the middle of the season with McVeigh, not near the beginning. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think losing, you know, Gilmore uh, for the, the Panthers is really going to, you know, do them disservice, especially since, you know, we have three really good wide receivers and a potential to have, well, and we won't, we wouldn't have OBJ for this game, but, you know, but, you know, we have weapons on our field and, you know, you lose one of your, you know, 
you know, ace, you know, I still think he's a star cornerback. So um, losing him is, is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, Zach, let's go to a familiar uh, foe in the 49ers, which this is still like week seven 49ers is still way too early. Can we just like be say how weird this is that I feel like this is the second one too. Uh, also that we would have played them this season. And this feels like the earliest we have played them, even if the first game was week seven. Oh, 100%. In a long time. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised that we're playing them, you know, almost, you know, within three games. I mean, that seems almost normal, but playing them in, playing them in both of the games before the, before, you know, the midway point um, is, is crazy. I mean, we've never played them this early in the season before uh, both times. So very interesting, Um, man, you know, I, I don't even know where to take this one. Uh, We already, we already dove into the, to the, the pros and cons of the, this team going in last year. Um, so we won't, we don't, I don't think we really need to rehash unless you want to, um, the additions and the departures. Um, but kind of just, I, I guess for me, I'm going to, I'm thinking about, okay, so we're at week seven. Um, where we you have, have the, a seven and oh, I, yeah, seven and oh, I have us at six and one. Okay. So, you know, pretty tight. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good record going into week seven. Um, and so, you know, I'm, um, it, it always goes back to, you know, we still haven't got the final word of where Garoppolo is going. I mean, now there's rumors that, you know, is Garoppolo staying? Is he going to go um, be the quarterback for, or be a quarterback or backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns if um, things don't, you know, go well there um, in their quarterback room? But um, it really depends on who's going to be leading the ship. Um, and I don't even know if we've got any update on Debo on what his real status is. Um, so, you know, those two unknowns make this a very difficult decision to make. Um, I'm going to make this decision that, uh, a, I think Trey Lance will be in there. I don't think that, I think Garoppolo will depart. So if I'm thinking of that basis, we are at week seven. Debo stays, um, but they are they are hungry to beat this Rams team. But I will say that I think we're going to continue on the win streak, and we will be eight and zero. And the Rams will squeak out a winner. This one will be different. It is going to be, um, I think, it's going to be twenty one to. 17. Mm, mm, very interesting. Uh, that definitely is uh, quite quite the prediction there. Um, yeah, I I think that regardless of who the so Regardless of who the QB is, 
I think we're going to lose the second game. Now, who the QB is will kind of determine. I think if it's Garoppolo, we'll probably lose in a high-scoring game. And if it's not, I think it's kind of like a close barn burner type of game, like a Jeff Fisher-esque style of loss. Uh, I I guess for now, if I had to put it, I have us losing 15-10. to 10. I think... It is a kind of bump in the road, a mid-season season, um, struggle almost. Uh, this team is good. It's had our number uh, really for a while. I have us winning the first game, and I think the second game we just um, kind of struggle a little bit against, against a really well-coached team. Even I at mean, home? You know we're at home. Yeah. Yeah, I have us winning away and losing at home because I, I do feel like it's going to be a hostile environment for us. All right. Yeah. So uh, I have us at six and two. Zach has us at a very hot eight and zero start. Uh, 2018 vibes, Zach. 2018 vibes. Hey, I think the the Rams are hungry. They're hungry to continue to continue down this road. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm a very, I'm very confident in this team. Just kind of seeing how the pieces are coming together, how this team works, um, the work that they, they, they actually put into this game. Um, I, I just, I really think that, um, yeah, I really think that they're going to, they're going to pull something off here. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and dive into our last game we'll, we'll kind of talk about. And this is uh, what's becoming a familiar foe. And for some reason, it, just like Green Bay, we always play the Buccaneers at Buccaneers. <laughs> and it is a uh, Tom Brady-led Buccaneers team. Uh, yeah, Zach, uh we kind of broke this down a few months ago when we played them in the playoffs. Uh, they lost OJ Howard, Ronald Jones, Alex Kappa and Jordan Whitehead. Uh, not really huge names. I guess Ronald Jones is somewhat big. OJ Howard is a solid tight end. Uh, they end up signing Shaq Mason, really great guard. Uh, and they got back Goodwin and Gage and uh, got back Davis, Carlton Davis, uh, so, I mean, um, mostly the same team as when they won the Super Bowl. They added O-line, uh, which I don't know if that was necessarily a need, but it never hurts, especially having Tom Brady. Uh, they were top five in both defense and offense last year. 13-4, and four, really good team. I think a Bruce Arena... I think he's a really good coach. I wouldn't say he's a great coach, personally. I I don't know if you would you consider that a hot take, Zach. Uh, you know, I I'm I actually I do like Bruce Aarons. I, I think he's a I think he's actually a really good. Um, I think he's a really good coach. Um, he's more he's more old school coach. I feel like. Um, and it's just different. It's a different coaching style than what we have with McVeigh. And, um, I, is he top five? Um, if he is, he's like at five 
maybe you know right outside of that um i i think he has to be put up there i mean you know i i think i think he he has that potential i mean i know that he has tom brady on his team which maybe gives him you know bonus points um to make him up a little bit higher um but i i don't think he's a bad uh, a bad coach but i would like to see him you know i you know i haven't followed bruce arians through his whole history but um, I'm more focused on, you know, his more recent um, tenure. So uh, I, for now, I'm saying he's, he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. make a, one one quick correction to make for us is that we are actually on week nine. There is a bye week before the 49ers game. So we I don't know if we wanted to, if you wanted to, you know, put that into the note or whatever. But just to let everybody know that, yes, we are on week nine. There was a break. There was a bye. So you know, when they go into that 49ers game, they will be a little bit more refreshed. Um, and then coming into this Buccaneers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we do worse with McVay after bye weeks. Which is then not good that it's an early bye week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I feel like the team just comes out slower, mm-hmm. which doesn't help playing against 49ers. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see which one of us is right with that game. But with this Buccaneer game, um, I think we have a bounce back. Uh, we've had their number. Uh, some really good games between these two teams, even with the Jameis Winston Bucks, that really, really weird 2019 game that we should have won that was like statistically all messed up mm-hmm. between Goff and Winston that – Man, that game was probably the most confusing game I've watched in a long time between the Rams and the other team. Uh, but really good barn burners. It's typically never boring with these two. Yeah, I think it should be really fun. And I, I this one I also have, I always have a hard time with this game because I, I agree, we've had their number. Um, if you go back and you look at, you know, the, the, um, the divisional round where we won, um, you know, we had their number. I mean, we were stomping Tampa Bay at, you know, every, you know, every turn we were stomping them. And then the only reason why we kind of, we, we kind of just stepped on our foot every, you know, couple feet, you know, we had the, you know, the unfortunate, uh, couple fumbles with, uh, acres. We had, um, the fumble drop with, uh, cup and, you know, it was just a such a weird game, but we've always had their number. Um, knowing that we can't always be perfect, though, um, I do. This is at Tampa. We're back into enemy territory again. Um, so, you know, this is I actually think this is where we get our first stop, um, in my opinion. I do see that we have the potential to win. Like I said, we've had their number, things like that. Um but if, you know, I think that they're going to have to lose at some point. And I think Tampa Bay, I think Tom Brady is tired of getting sacked by Aaron Donald. And um, I think that they're going to have a better game plan. I, I don't think that's how Tom Brady wants to go out. And he wants to prove that um, he is better than that and that they that they can stop the Super Bowl uh, defending champs. So I do think that Tampa Bay will win this one. Um I will say that it, it will probably be somewhat close, but I will say 34 to 30. They're going to come back and score a last minute touchdown. 
Uh, I am laughing, Zach, because I had the exact same score, but the Rams winning on a last-second touchdown, <laughs> uh, Ravens style from last year. Which that was a crazy game to be at because I thought we were gonna lose the entire second and third quarter, and I was completely freaking out uh, with a churro all in hand. <laughs> and I, if you put that in the notes before uh, I said anything, I did not even look. I was just going off the cuff um, of what I thought. So uh, that's funny. Funny. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. So like, uh, yet. Yeah, I guess for, and some of this is flow, right? Like, I have the flow of our season where we lose in the opener and we lose a Week 7 game against the 49ers. But really, I feel like this team starts to hit its stride at this point in time, and I feel like we get a statement win against the Bucks, and we just continue, like, to kind of just hold them down because our team is very well built against the Bucks to beat the Bucks, right? Uh, we're not a very well built team to beat the 49ers. 49ers are very well built to beat us. And like, that's just sometimes the matchups are a big deal. And that's why, like, in the playoffs, getting good matchups can kind of make or break your postseason. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Like, and you know, when I evaluate these games, all these games are winnable. You know, you may say that, yes, we have the toughest division in football. And yes, we could probably lose a couple more than what we've, what we've kind of stated out here. But every game so far that we've done, I mean, in any of these games, I think the Rams have, they have the tools, they have the weapons, they have the, cap- they have the coaching staff, they have the ability to win these games. And they're things that we're, that things that when we're projecting this right now, we can't foresee. We can't foresee injury. We can't foresee mm-hmm. um, a pandemic that makes players not be able to participate on a particular night. Like we we see this all the time, and like and so we're projecting a fully healthy team. And you know, we I think that there are ways that we have to you know think about. Okay, are they going to be tired? Are they going to be worn out? You know, take the buy into con- into consideration. You know. Really, I, I think that we could be undefeated at this point. I think it's very unlikely. I think there is going to be, you know, some missteps. It's hard to detail what those missteps will be. Um, and it could be easy. It could be a trap game. It could be something like that. So I, you really never know. We we could have a Matt Stafford that is playing like fourth quarter Matt Stafford, but in every quarter and a Cooper Cup that is on pace to break the season he had last year. like. Is that likely? No, but that's a possibility, and we could have a season where we go undefeated. I don't think that's out of the possibility. And it's not, and you know, and to be real, I mean, we had that bad November, and you know, it it took a big rally to get out of that. Um, But you know, we have that opposite effect too, where you know we could see us fall if something just doesn't click. But I think. I think the chemistry is there. The team is there. The team is ready to take up the mantle and they're ready to culture. Yeah. It is that culture. And you you see all these teams and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. And they're trying to bring in a quarterback and they're, you know, all of these things. But if that culture isn't there to begin with, you're going to have a problem. And, you know, you could go buy a quarterback, 
But if that quarterback doesn't fit in to your culture, you're just buying them because, hey, this guy's a good quarterback. You know, I'm going to take the example because I live in Indianapolis. You know, I think I think Matt Ryan is going to do way better than um, Carson Wentz did last year. But, you know, is Frank Reich and uh, Matt Ryan going to have that same chemistry? You know, you never know. I mean, you know, Matt Stafford met, you know, Sean McVay in Cabo and they just decided to, you know, let's, I think this is going to be work out great. You know, I don't know if those conversations are had in all of these different areas. Um, you know, I have no idea what Cleveland's doing. I mean, they, that just seems like a hot mess express to begin with. So I think the culture is just there and you don't see this very often in these teams where this culture is 100% the coaching staff, uh, the, the detail in the coaching staff and the, um, the rehabilitation of these players, um, that do get injured and that they're put on a, to a proper path and that they're still like, they're not forgotten. I mean, how easy could it have been to forget about Cam Akers when he torn his Achilles when, you know, I mean, it, it kind of did help that Henderson also kind of was injury prone, but Sonny Michelle was, was our workhorse for December. I mean, he was bringing in, he was the reason why we were where we were at in the Super Bowl, getting us through December. So this, this culture that we have, you bring in players, you make them buy into this culture, and then you lock it. And that's why, like, I'm afraid, you know, I think the one thing, yes, I'm afraid when Aaron Donald does decide to retire, but I'm afraid when McVay retires and we don't have a replacement that's going to keep that culture alive. I think McVay really has solidified this culture and he has solidified it since he started. Sorry, I know I went on a huge rant. No, no, no. It's fine. Perfect. Uh, Really good stuff there. I don't necessarily think the culture is 100% off of McVeigh. I think it's a very weird mix of player, uh, like the player base culture for the Rams being able to be something where it's like a tone. It's like an atmosphere. When you walk in the locker room, you know, like no matter who's in there, you have a chance to start if you're balling out. And it, it that is something not every locker room has. Mm-hmm. And it's like a security in yourself to perform. And that is something that like we're we're not being homers here, guys. Like we'll, we'll be admit like the Rams have made a lot of mistakes in the last three or four years. They have. Um, especially contract wise, a player like how they handled Goff. Uh they have made mistakes, but for the most part, the great thing about Sneed and McVeigh is they adapt, and they constantly adapt. Even though it's not at the rate sometimes I want, especially mid-game, Lord, McVeigh was so bad first two years at like adjusting in the middle of a game. He's gotten a lot better, but like it may not be at the rate sometimes, but he's just, and some fan bases just want their coaches to do something by mid-season. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have something special in McVeigh, and uh, we got to enjoy these years while we got him. Because, like you said, when he leaves, um, it's going to be hard for that culture, that player culture, to kind of, like, uh, hold over, especially when we lose more and more of our leaders. For sure. For sure. Well, um, we got through our weeks. We got through week nine. Uh, so we are, you know, we are beyond the the halfway point. 
um, right? 18 weeks, uh, 17, well, 17 games, 18 weeks. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think we're both in a good position as far as, um, what our, uh, scores are. You are seven and one and I am, or six, seven, and two. six and two, I'm seven and one. Um, so, so yeah, I think we're, we're looking at a good, we're a good place. Any, any, any final thoughts? No, guys, uh, we look forward to uh, doing the next few episodes. Hopefully there's some Rams news. Uh, never know. Crazy trade. Uh, Snead is always willing and dealing. Yeah, and, you know, so I will be at the uh, Bengals-Rams uh, game, uh, preseason game at, you know, at the Bengals-Paul uh, Brown Stadium. So uh, I, I'm taking my dad's, uh, my dad, who's a, Bengals fan I'm taking his season tickets for the preseason game which is just going to be awesome because all of his buddies and friends he makes in that you know that area that's like season club uh people so it's going to be really fun to wear um I can't decide which jersey to wear that's I'm we're going to have to have a whole podcast episode on what jersey to wear uh so preview you you gotta do cup gotta do I know so here's my options I have a bone gray cup I have um, I have the Super Bowl patch, um, modern throwback Aaron Donald, and then I have my I have my personalized one, which is five, but it's also Ramsey, so you know I get to play both Ramsey and it also has my personal um, name on the back, uh, which is also my family name, and my family name is all Bengals fans, so people know that it, where they have the season tickets, people know that you know if they have that last name, they're Bengals fans, so it's just. It's one of those things where, like, I'm having a really tough decision on which Ooh. jersey. It, see, it it kind of depends how petty you want to be. If you want to be petty, you wear the Super Bowl jersey. <laughs> but no. I don't know if that's a great idea to walk into the team that lost it, their stadium, the first game after. I know. And then I'm afraid someone's going to throw something on it and it's going to get stained up because it's, yeah. you know, it's that nice white color. Um but I really yeah, the, also the bone gray will kind of match. Yeah, I really want to find their um, their throne. Have you you've seen their throne, right? Their king of the jungle, and I want a picture on it. And I was like, well, I should wear my Super Bowl ninety nine jersey. I mean, how perfect would that be? So like, that's what I really want to find. But I feel like I really would have pitchforks on top of me if if someone you know a big group of people saw me do that. I, I, I think that, you like, would have a lot of people with like eyeballs like. Kind of, you know, like I don't care. I'm just gonna do the Aaron dead. Donald like ring, like just just point to my ring finger the whole time. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, I that's think, a great picture. I think that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. So, if you guys, uh, this kind of sums it up. But if you guys uh, have any opinions on what I should wear to the Bengals Rams uh, preseason game, please let us know. Um, you can. Uh, send us feedback at feedback at eastcoastrams.com or even hit us up on Twitter. Um, let us know what you think I should wear uh, to the preseason game and tell us what you guys think about our predictions. Give us your own predictions. Um, our official Twitter account for the East Coast Rams is at East Coast Rams. Uh, but you can also uh, find us, uh, you can find Ashton at, at RamsFanAshton1 and myself at Zach Mayer. Um, 
but but yeah big thanks to everyone who listens to the pod and interacts with us um you know again we, we do this we're, we're rams fans we want to reach out to rams fans as you know as many of you as we possibly can um hopefully maybe we can try to work out getting some uh, new guests on you know bringing some fans bringing some um you know some uh, fans from other uh the teams that we are going to be facing up just to kind of get a preview in their sense of how um that team is uh working cohesively um but yeah if you guys could please take time to like share review the podcast with fellow rams fans um it just allows us to keep this keep this project growing and uh allow as many people as possible to to hear our our takes ash any final any other final last words uh let's horns up and uh hope everyone has a really good summer try to stay a little cool you know it's getting a little toasty out there it's getting it's getting toasty everywhere if you're in la it's toasty if you're in the midwest you're toasty if you're on the east coast you're toasty you're just toasty everywhere so uh yeah everyone be safe out there and uh whose house ram's house